Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Hey, welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, today we are talking about how to thrive in a recession, which we were just discussing that I think it's coming. Maybe it has already started, Um, but whether it's coming today or whether it's coming in 10 years, still helpful to know and prepare and start talking through. I think you could say recession is a scary word for some, maybe because they haven't lived through it as a business owner. And we can say a down economy when things get tough. Obviously, it's a a time in in the life of the business and the life of maybe the family to reassess things and uh, tighten tighten things up. You know, get better. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, uh, just coming through the pandemic um, specifically and most recently, you think differently in times of challenges or in times of struggle, when things are changing around you, uh, you think differently. And a lot of times good changes are made during that time. I think it's easier to put things into a different perspective maybe, and then to also prioritize uh, what's really going on in your life, what's really important to you. Yeah, I mean, you think back, I mean, I grew up in a farming community and you think back to like clearing of the fields and where people would, have controlled burns and things like that. And then the soil gets better and comes back and produces good stuff on the other side. So maybe it's just one of those times where we have to be mindful of the income coming in, the expenses going out if you're a business owner and making the best decisions because you can't screw up or or I guess you could screw up, but there's not a soft landing like there is in a booming economy. You know, you can make some bad decisions and still be fine. For sure. And, you know, just one of the changes or innovations that happened during pandemic, not so much as uh, a farming analogy, but just with our vet and coming out to get the dogs from the car rather than uh, taking them in and, you know, possibly having them get to know other dogs and other people in the office while you were waiting in the waiting room and Uh, just how convenient that was that their staff would actually come out to your car, take them in and then bring them back to you when they were ready to go. So I think uh, that was, I think a lot of good things come. I think that was convenient. Uh, Doctor's office, dentist office, kind of, they had some of that same thing, like waiting to your, waiting your car until we call you. Uh, Did you prefer that? Or do you actually like going and waiting in the waiting room? I haven't seen that change as much. So the waiting rooms are still run much more efficiently than prior to 2020. So while you can now wait in the waiting room, you're not waiting in there 30 minutes or an I'm not anyway. I haven't experienced that. Um, and there's not other people usually in there with me. So maybe one other person or family is in the doctor's office. But, you know, if your appointment's at 10, but by 10, 10, they're bringing you back to a room and um, usually out less than an hour. So I feel like things have gotten better on that front as far as from a scheduling and moving yeah. people in and out of the office. 
So COVID, you know, good stuff on the other side of COVID, uh, a lot of bad stuff, but good stuff too, you have to recognize. And so scheduling for doctors, dentists, vets, um, maybe got tightened up and improved on the other side. And let's see how far we can take that. And yeah, that's a great, those are great points. And even kind of go into the conversation today about things to look at in a, a down economy. You know, I think the the market indicators are starting to show, um, you know, what's going on with inflation and being the highest it's been in 40 years, which we haven't lived through that in our life yet. I can say that on my side anyway, that I haven't lived 40 year inflation. You can't say that yet. Um, so, but yeah, 40 year inflation. So within my lifetime, I haven't seen the amount of inflation. Okay, you have like only six days left to, to claim this. I'm going to own under every 40. single one so of those you, days. You just uh, enjoy your last week in your 30s. Yep. It's going to be fun. It's going to go out with a bang. So, um, <laughs> But inflation at an all-time high or 40-year high. Uh, you've got the market has turned. Uh, stock market for 2022 is down, I think, about 20% overall. 75 Some stocks, some tech stocks are down up to 75%. Some are going away completely, which... If you look at that, if you look at the market, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, um, the startups and some of those businesses that will go out of business, it, it will condense talent. So whenever you have so many businesses in the market, talent is spread across all those different businesses. So what will happen is talent, you won't lay off talented people. So talent will come together and actually make stronger organizations, the ones that do survive. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Like you're going to have some, some people that don't survive, but the ones that do are more than likely going to be stronger on the other side of any challenge, whether that's market conditions, economy, what you name it. I think if you've lived through that challenge, you implement what you learned, you're going to be stronger on the other side. So I think today we just wanted to talk through as we enter this uncertainty of the economy, some things to focus on and where we are based out of, we're based out of Houston, Texas, Texas as a whole, the economy, I would say maybe we're in a little bit of a bubble, especially where we live on the west side of Houston, because construction is booming. People are moving to Texas, leaving other states. So may, like even we're probably still talking from a place of privilege um, that we've seen through COVID, especially on the other side of COVID, people reassess things. And Texas is a very business friendly state. So I think those are some of the things that even myself, I need to keep in mind as we just blanket give recommendations because we are very fortunate to plant the business where we did. A lot of our team members have, a, you know, their spouses have great job opportunities because of the market where they live. And I would say what about 60% of our team still live close to the office. The other 40% yeah. are spread out other states, other cities. So um, just keeping that in mind when we're talking today. Yeah. And so really talking today about how to 
thrive and not just survive. So we don't want to come out with battered and bruised and weary out of the recession. Um, I think it's easy during good times, which may, and people have struggled through COVID. So maybe not even necessarily, maybe you're already weary or still weary um, from, you know, the beginning of 2020, but really looking at and, and thinking about, have you gotten complacent or have you just gotten comfortable and stopped paying attention to certain aspects or per parts of your business and are just kind of letting things slide because you can right now? Um, this is really the conversation that we want to have is, you know, you, we don't want people to just barely hanging on out of the end of the recession, but really staying as close to where you are now or even better on the other side of the recession. Yeah. What, how can you go into this prepared and mm -hmm. document what you learn throughout and say on the other side of this, this actually worked pretty good. So let's, let's keep this going. And then when we start to see things improve, hopefully that will be sooner rather than later. Um, you know, it's just, okay, let's not fall back into some of those same traps that we did while we were getting fat, you know, so to speak and making, um, not the best, or most conservative business decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of our first point today, uh, looking at active accounting. So one thing to definitely be mindful of and be intentional about would be what we call active accounting. So do you want to give a little bit of detail on what that is, what that looks like? Yeah, so active accounting, this is obviously close to our heart because it's what we do uh, whenever uh, business Of course, chooses. the CPA recommends <laughs> active accounting as step one to thrive uh, during a recession. So obviously, it's just knowing where you're at at any given point, um, being like being intentional and spending time reconciling accounts, centralizing your data, your accounting data and keeping it current. Um, so that's just one part, you know, doing the homework to actually be proactive and not put things off. I think as humans, we have a tendency, if it's going to be bad news, we don't want to look at it. And so it, it's even more of a call to action now, because you need to know if it's going to be bad news and you need to look at it. And so um, if you had a bad month, if you had a bad quarter, how you respond may it may, may, may determine the future of your business in whole. So you can't put off looking at the numbers because you have run your business like based on gut feeling and there's less cash in your account. Like what is that data telling you? How are you moving forward? So I think that's the per first piece. So having a good accounting system, probably QuickBooks online is probably where most people will land you're still on QuickBooks desktop. Um, so that's the first part, connecting those bank accounts. What is it telling you? Invoicing customers, staying on top of collections, like all of that business one-on-one stuff that we kind of push off when times are good, it's going back to basics and, and really paying attention to that. So that's step one in that active accounting Step two is discussing that data with others. And so we know as business owners, it's kind of lonely. Like you hear lonely at the top. Um, there's nowhere else to go a lot of times because 
if someone has an issue, the business owner has to deal with it. A customer has an issue, the business owner has to deal with it. So I think expanding the conversation beyond yourself to see what others are seeing in their business or their market will only help you. And it will maybe give you hope that, man, it's not as bad as it is for him or this other person. You can talk to customers, you can talk to your team, whether you have that internally or you have somebody like us where it's a team of three kind of guiding you. So I think those are great things to keep in mind to keep, you know, mindful of your results. Yeah. And I think that discussion with someone else, whether that be an outsourced accounting team or um, somebody close in your business, if you have a business partner or you have a business colleague, uh, maybe with a similar, maybe with a not similar business to you, but somebody else who actually looks at their accounting and their financial data can definitely help answer questions as to why. Why is this happening? And then even more importantly, what can you do about it? Like, what is the next step to bring that um, whatever that low number or whatever that uh, negative change for that month or that period is to help really correct that and put it in a different direction. Yeah. And I think people, life happens. And especially like in a, in a down economy, uh, communication is key more than ever. And so if you are discussing that with others, being proactive and setting those times to talk with people, um, you know, maybe it's a set appointment, whether it's once a week, once a month, once a quarter as a check-in, going ahead and scheduling that, getting it on your calendar and, and looking to that date more of as a target. So if, if you've got something that you want to discuss with this person, what do I need to get ready before we meet and not really being retroactive or, um, the op what's the opposite of proactive? Retroactive? Uh, reactive, not active. right? Reactive, Re yeah, reactive, being reactive. Not active. So, um, not prepared. Yeah. And, and when we talk about discussing it with others, obviously that's what we do with the team of three, with your CSM, your controller, and your CFO. Some people don't have that in place. They, they don't, they just don't have that. And they may get lost to say, well, who can I talk about? So, Obviously, if you've got the budget and you want to look at a core kind of offering like we offer, that's step one. Step two, like you've said, it's friends that have similar businesses, your peers in the industry. Uh, we see a lot of that with our clients. Like they're, um, they're very like collaborative and they pick each other's brains, which is awesome. And so that always is great. Um, any advisor or vendor like just seek their input. I mean, it may be a software vendor, like they've got something. So just ask them like, Hey, what are you seeing in other businesses? Like, is there anything that you see in our business that may benefit or harm us on the other side of this? And then kind of the, the last one that a lot of people forget about is their banker. And so just having a set time with your banker, maybe you don't have any loans with them. Maybe you only have deposits or maybe you have a loan and the banker's like really wanting to know how your performance is, um, actually scheduling, make them take you to lunch, you know, or breakfast, make them pay for it. And, um, you know, that's part of that banking relationship that you get something out of, but, um, yeah, talking with your banker on an ongoing basis, like, Hey, what, what is my data? What are my financials? What are they telling you? What's the story that you see? And I think that will only help people, navigate a, a downturn, a slower time in the economy. 
Yeah, those are great um, alternatives to just hiring a full-time person in-house or a part-time person because likely having just that one person, um, potentially it doesn't make sense for all businesses to uh, carry that cost all year round, uh, but also uh, the one person may not have the same knowledge and experience that you might gather from having a group of different people that you're talking with. So, um, yeah, so active accounting is definitely um, like a number one priority to thriving during a recession. Number two, once you have that accounting data current, then you want to look at cutting unnecessary expenses. So what would you say are maybe some things to look at first that people maybe don't think about or are kind of on autopilot and they haven't, um, you know, reconsidered or reevaluated during during the good times? You just kind of let yeah. things go or things kind of add on. Well, with with your expenses, I forget how it goes. Like, you don't want to trip over dollars to go after pennies. And so, but in a down economy, everything makes makes an impact. So um, reviewing your dues and subscriptions, I mean, we're guilty of it. Netflix, Apple Music, uh, Hulu, show. I don't even know how many things we subscribe to. And um, just reviewing that and saying, which ones can I turn off like long-term, which ones does it make sense for me to turn off short-term like and work towards it or budget toward that? If you really enjoy your uh, NFL Sunday ticket or something like that, that's a bigger purchase. Um, you know, how can you save in other areas? So I think subscriptions are easy because we're in this subscription economy where it's just kind of an automatic and there are, there are softwares out that, that now review your recurring charges and, help you identify ones that maybe you don't use. So, um, so that's step one, obviously the stuff that's on recurring, um, software is another big expense for people. And I think software and technology, if you're not fully utilizing that software technology in your business, it may be a convenience that you have to cut temporarily. And even when we're looking at software in, in client, in client accounting, uh, are you using it for 95, 90% of your clients or are you using it only for one or two? And it's just, you have to really value the ROI on that ongoing expense. So software is one that are they nice to haves or are you really utilizing it to its fullest? And even in, in an economy, a good economy, you still have to evaluate that and say, do I need to invest more time learning that and employ it across the business to actually utilize the best value from that piece of software? Um, what you yeah, got? And just on the, yeah, just on the software um, talk, what we've done for sure is look at, okay, we do have a lot of softwares and this is always apparent when we're onboarding a new team member and we're setting up logins and usernames and getting them trained through all of the technology that we use. But it's looking at those and seeing, yeah, we are not fully utilizing this. This program can actually do something that a, a standalone um, software does. And so if we can just fully utilize this one over here, it works for multiple things, whereas this one's only doing one specific. So let's get rid of the one that's only doing the one specific and actually use what we have 
um, yeah. already in place instead of paying for both. So I think that's one area that we're always constantly evaluating our softwares and looking at, can it do more? Can it do something this other thing is doing so that we can get rid of one? And then um, kind of that last, it, it, most businesses, their biggest line item is people, wages. And so when we talk about tripping over dollars to go save pennies, you really need to assess your workforce and your team. And in a down economy, you choosing to lay off or furlough certain underperformers or certain people that are just nice to have a luxury in the business, you making the hard decisions to part with them, reduce them, whatever, may save the business, may save the whole team. So I know when we deal with people conversations, it's never easy because it's a human on the other side of the of the table, but it is what potentially may need to, to take place in your business. And so there are options there. You can look at a reduced workload for somebody, maybe taking them from full-time to part-time. If you do any type of furlough or reduction in wages, I would recommend doing that across a team versus like just singling one, one person that that's not an underperformer, an underperformer kind of like we talked about the, the talent, like talent will actually come together. You're never going to lay off your most talented or productive people. It's going to be the people that are already kind of on the fringe. So um, it's a hard conversation. It's one that we've had to have, especially during COVID when things got turned off. We had industries that have never had to have for low conversations that have never had to have layoffs that it was uncharted territory and it may happen again in the future. So hopefully not, but it's something to be mindful of. Yeah. And so taking that approach, um, someone might hear, okay, dues and subscriptions, we're talking about $5 here, $20 here per month. That's not going to make the impact. But I think it's really important to point out the fact you don't want to just go through your um, expense line items and just say, well, I'll cut the, the biggest expenses. I'm going to cut those because those are likely critical to your business and the health of your business. So what would you say are some of the necessary during a recession? What are some necessary components of a business that even though they may cost a lot, you do not want to part with? Yeah, I, th I think if, if it's like you're driving a car and you choose not to get gas, you're not going to go very far. So right. I think the things to keep in mind with your business, if you do want it to be long-term viable, what are the smart decisions to even maybe invest in, like which ones make sense right now. And I think this is a great time to assess your IT and your cybersecurity. Like if something goes wrong in that, in your business, no matter what type of business you are, like it, it could put you out of business. So I think not, you know, not cutting back from an IT or cyber situation Along with that is insurance. You always want to make sure that you've got the appropriate insurance uh, in place. So you can always like cost comparison or shop it, but I wouldn't reduce any coverage if that makes sense. Um, and then the last thing is like we have people around the like 
clients and prospects around the people conversation, they, they finally start looking at outsourcing and does it make sense? Do, does it make sense to have this whole team in place for $400,000 a year, or can I utilize fractional services or an outsourced team for 40,000, a hundred thousand and save those dollars. So I think those are pieces to look at. And obviously it's, it's, you know, part of what we do. So I think quality accounting, quality advisory services, that coaching that you as a business owner need in good times and bad, it does not make sense to cut that back. And you kind of have to determine what's a core expense and what's a convenience. And I think those things that we've kind of listed out are more core because they help the business run in good times and in bad. And you need the best advice to navigate whatever's coming. For sure. And just to speak a little bit more into it, because we deal with it every single day, having that advisory piece, it may feel quiet during the really good times. And that's why we have specific um, dates, specific time periods, specific meetings scheduled routinely to talk through even during the good times, how are we getting better or how are we preparing for when it's not so good? So there's still conversation happening. And I think sometimes with other with other professionals, they may be very quiet because they don't see any problems. So they may not be reaching out to their clients. They may not be reaching out to their business owners because everything looks good. Whereas if you have something scheduled on a, a cycle that you've predetermined, then you're constantly getting um, that advice and preparing for whatever situation is coming up, even if it's just life events like retirement or uh, kids going to college, different scenarios like that. And so um, that way, when the hard times come, you're not scrambling, thinking, who, who do I ask for help? Who do I tell that, you know, I am losing money left and right and about to close the doors because you don't want to get to that point and, you know, maybe even have like a pride or an ego thing get in the way to where you, you don't want to ask other people. You don't want to share that information. Whereas you have, if you have someone already in place, they're tracking with you, the good, the bad, there's no judgment coming from any side. People just want to help. Yeah. And hopefully you've got those deep enough relationships to where it's, you've got a core group that you can go to and, and you know, you ask, you know, in, in a setting like, Hey, how's it going? Oh, we're doing great. No. How is it really going? Like I'm dealing with some stuff. Like, can I share? And, and, you know, you actually give me feedback and I'm willing to do the same thing for you. It, and that's just that having true, honest conversations instead of just brushing over like, Oh, we're rocking and rolling best day ever. Um, you know, it's probably not the case and it may even be the results on paper are, are good, but you're just exhausted and you're worried. And, you know, just the anxiety that comes with the uncertainty of the economy of the future of your business is, has just taken a toll on you as a person and you need somebody else to figure that out with like, what does that look like and, and get motivated for what's next. So. Yeah. So then we've looked at active accounting. We've looked at 
cutting unnecessary expenses and even detailed out what are some necessary things that you definitely do not want to skimp on even during hard times. Um, next, we would be looking at products and services that are being offered. So what would you say as far as products and services go during a recession? Yeah. Um, you Hopefully you've done the accounting, you've got the data, push your most profitable products possible, you know, and so sell them to your best customers. And, and like, that's where cross sell opportunities happen. Um, you have deep relationships with your best customers, with your best patients, they're invested in you. They want to see you survive the economy. So I think also from a vendor perspective, you, it, it sucks when a vendor goes out of business because then you're on the hook for finding that next vendor. And so you have to make sure that your vendor relationships are healthy. You have to make sure that your customers um, are healthy as well, your patients. So I think a great example of this uh, for our dental clients and for, um, you know, even like our personal friend who's uh, a dentist, our personal dentist, um, just sent out like a, a whitening special, like something that is kind of seen maybe as a, as a luxury to some, but it's, it's a whitening treatment, uh, some in office, some out of office and it's, it's got a pretty hefty price tag. I think near a thousand dollars to do this, this full treatment. And there is a, there's a lot of margin in that, you know, and just, um, I think it's time intensive when you're in office, you have to make the molds, you have to buy the, the gel. Um, but there's a really good margin on that product. And the other thing to keep in mind is maybe you've got patients or customers who are on the fence about about that or buying it. And so like, in my example, I've been thinking about it for a few months or years, like, Hey, I need to do that again. Well, Hey, here's this. And like for a small time, we're doing a promo on it. Um, you know, he's still got a ton of margin in it, but like, it's probably making me actually pick up the phone or scheduling and going and doing that. Um, and, and his sales just went up by a thousand dollars. Maybe he discounts at a hundred. So they go up by $900. He's still got a lot of profit in it. And I think that's a great thing to keep in mind. So paying attention to your best patients, your best customers, what are they saying in a down economy? What are they willing to spend money on? And then just, if you have something that is high, high profit, go see opportunities to try to sell that product or that service. Yeah. And I think what we saw um, even during COVID is that some of the items that were less profitable for businesses, they had to stop offering or they stopped offering for a time, even from so, so simple as like menu offerings on um, at restaurants. They went to a limited menu so that it was their most profitable, probably required the least amount of staffing to be able to prepare and serve. And so just thinking through that, sometimes you do have to take that risk of, but we've always offered this. But if it's not profitable and other products and services have just been pulling it along, maybe maybe now's the time to cut that one or temporarily cut that one. Rethink how how you offer it and then bring it back better um, in the future. 
Yeah, I think you talk about restaurants and I think the highest margin item is a soft drink in a restaurant, especially if they have the machine. And so how do you get people to take you up on, hey, you want to add a drink for a dollar? Like it's the cost of a cup, which you got to be mindful of your cost. Like everything's more than it was pre-COVID. But, you know, the syrup, the the mixture that goes into it, it's, it's so profitable. So how do you get people to take advantage of those whether it's whitening or whether it's a soft drink, which makes you do more whitening. Uh, it's kind of that vicious circle, uh, probably coffee and tea are even more profitable uh, in a restaurant or a, that type of setting. Um, but Definitely yeah. more profitable in the dental whitening space. Yeah, for sure. And so <laughs> maybe you, maybe you offer coffee free in your, uh, in your dental office, uh, in your waiting room, <laughs> and then they need more whitening. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it, it, if you have good data, you have to make sure that profit, uh, your most profitable product, the, the same thing that we've mentioned before on, um, that is just make sure your pricing is in line with market. Uh, make sure you're not leaving dollars or even maybe cents on the table. And we were having a conversation just this week with a vet client, uh, who really has it on their heart to provide good quality care for, for people that maybe couldn't afford it. And what they've chosen to do is keep prices stable for the last three years because of this very small subset of their patient base. And so the problem is 95% of their patient base is willing to pay more. Can you raise prices to what they need to be? Not not be aggressive, not overcharge people, but just be market. Raise your prices to what they need to be so you as a whole can be profitable. And then the other 5% offer discounts, give it away for free, do whatever, but don't leave money on the table because you've got a heart of gold. So I think it's being okay to, to do that with majority of the people that will pay it because it's market. Like, no one's expecting a deal in this economy. Inflation is what it is. Um, so yeah, just be mindful of that. And that kind of goes back to assessing those products and services that you should be selling. Yeah, I think that's great advice and a great perspective. Um, moving on to an, another uh, point or another idea for thriving in a recession would be um, something that I think most people kind of set it and forget it. Um, but looking at refi opportunities uh, that are out there. And so talk a little bit about what that might look like and probably scenarios that you've advised people to do that. Yeah. So um, when your banker, when you, when you let him take you to lunch and pay for the bill, I think uh, it's something to think through. Obviously they're in business for a reason. Refi opportunities right now may not seem all that great, because we're in a rising interest rate environment. That's what the Fed is doing to kind of control some of the inflation that has occurred. And so you are seeing loans. I think mortgages now are in the fives where they used to be in the high twos or threes, you know, the past few years. So when people hear like refi opportunities, they may be like, ah, the interest rate's too high, but have you really looked? Do you know what your interest rate is on everything? Can you consolidate debt? to maybe get the, the benefit of 
having one payment and just knocking down that payment through the recession or through a down economy. So always being mindful of refis. And then if you have a great banking relationship, if you have a great bank, like if you have a good relationship with other advisors, like banks let us know their promos all the time. And so it's our job as the advisor to kind of let our clients know, hey, this is what we're seeing in the market. Right now I have a promo that I got this week where you could do a refi. It's in like 299, 2.99. It's with a very large national bank. Does it make sense? Like, can you get into that and secure that rate for the next five, 10, 15 years? And then just knock it, knock it down. And and they're, you know, maybe it's not the rate. Maybe they're leading with some type of waiving the refi fee or, um, you know, maybe you see this as an opportunity to go take advantage of, of like investments, like whether it's equipment or real estate, you're, you're kind of sitting on the sidelines right now, waiting for the market to adjust, waiting for, for it to come down. And then something that makes sense with your long-term goals go out and, and do. And so you may have to employ uh, you know, capital, like some type of cash. So it makes sense to be as liquid as possible. So right now we are super conservative, but does it make sense to pay off debt? Uh, I think it makes sense to pay off like high interest or the wrong type of debt. Like you have some of these predatory loans that are out there. Um, those definitely get out of, but if you've got a stable long-term rate and it's a good rate and it's backed by a, by a piece of equipment or real estate, we may be recommending just hold for right now or assess refi. Do not take your cash, which you may have to use to get the business through hard times and pay down that debt because you may want that cash back in the near future. So I think those are conversations that you definitely want to have with like your CPA, your advisor, but then also your banker, your financial kind of advisor as well, just to make sure everybody is playing you in the right direction of long-term health of the business. Yeah, that's that's excellent. It has to make sense for your long-term goals. We um, always want to be cautious of putting a Band-Aid on something or doing something that feels good in the moment and then causes problems down the road. So making sure that it does make sense. So there could be opportunities that exist, but that's not something that you take lightly. Um, you kind of need to have all of these other things in place before you start uh, looking at those opportunities or pulling the trigger on, on doing it. Um, and then lastly, uh, definitely closely monitoring uh, KPIs. And so talk a little bit about what that might look like or how somebody, um, yeah, probably just what that looks like, because a lot of times people are watching their bank account. Do they have money in the bank account? Yes. Good. Yes, I have more money this month than last month. That's great. Uh, sometimes people aren't looking closely at much when it's good times. And so what's something, uh, what are some examples of things they should be looking at there? Yeah. So uh, just for those that may not know, KPIs are key performance indicators. So if if your business was that car, what is on that dashboard? What should you be looking at? Like, is it your fuel gauge, your speedometer, your battery, you know, the temperature of the water going through the engine. What are those 
gauges that you should be paying attention to whenever you're driving through great areas and when you're driving through not so great areas, you know? Um, so what those gauges are, what we would call KPIs, are just goals, goals and metrics that are in your business. So maybe you have a goal of total revenue of $3 million. Where is that trending? Where is that tracking? Maybe you have a goal of let's always have $150,000 in cash in the business. Where are we at at any given point? Is that monthly? Is that quarterly that we're reviewing that? So all of those KPIs, you want to make sure that you are, one, defining that. What works for you? Because it's your business. What's important to you? Also ask your advisors what's important to others in the market. Like everybody kind of knows like cash is important. Profit is important. Obviously, the way you get profit is through revenue. And so those are some of just the general ones um, from a like industry kind of niche perspective. For some of our clients, we look at their overhead. We look at their personnel cost because it's kind of got to be in line. Um, we also look at uh, profit, like total profit to owner, including owner pay. Just is it is the is the what orange worth the squeeze? However you say that, like you're going through all this stress and drama for this business that it's turning zero profit. It's not paying you for the last year, two years. Hey, let's close down the business. Let's go get a job at anywhere else that pays you a dollar or whatever. You're going to get a much better return on the investment of your time. And so like, those are the things to keep in mind. Um, it's just paying attention as you drive. And so I think the main thing is, defining those, like monitoring them, but then also if things are changing around you, the market conditions, do we have to re readjust those for a time being? So obviously you don't want to set yourself up for failure. And then every time you review them, it's just like a, a, a punch to the gut. So how do we readjust those for three months, six months till we get on the other side of this? And then I think the other thing, like we've talked about sharing that with advisors external to you. The other thing is it's important if you are transparent with your team, this is a great time to be transparent with your team because it's not a surprise that the economy is bad. So how do you give your team insight, better insight into your business? And it may be sharing things with them that you haven't before. And Hopefully your, your team is mature enough to take that as like, you know, a sign of trust, like, hey, they trust us with this data, this knowledge. And as a team, we're going to get better for it and work through whatever obstacles we have. So it's a great time to be transparent with your team and rally around common goals in the business. So if that's a revenue goal, if that's a maybe it's not a cash or a profit goal, maybe you hold that back if, if you don't want to share but I think you can definitely loop your team into profit expect, or to revenue, especially if your team is on the front lines and can cross sell your most profitable products for you. Maybe you give incentive for that. So I think those are some of the things to keep in mind as you monitor the results of your business. Yeah. And just talking to that point, um, not, I think giving them some context of what you mean by your most profitable product. So having them really understand and see some numbers around 
one product versus maybe your lowest performing because they need to they need to have the context to know why they're pushing one thing over another. Um, what makes that super easy is that those products or services are adding high value to whoever is consuming them. And so anytime that they have high value, that they're aligned with your mission, then that makes that less of a conversation. But having actual numbers, actual data, just gives people more context and gives them a better why as to what they're doing. Um, and, and just helps them to to grow and move in the same direction as your goals and your vision. Yeah, and maybe as the business owner, you don't feel confident in presenting the data, but more than likely, you've got somebody on your like on your team, on your bigger team that does feel confident enough. And so, I know that we've led as part of like team conversations with clients. Like, here's what the data if they're if they're willing to share it with the team, like our perspective of the data and the health of the business and why it's a great place to work. So I think that's some of the stuff to keep in mind, maybe even a banker could do that. Um, so I just think, I think there is, if you don't feel comfortable or confident presenting some of that to the team, there are probably people around you that would more than willing help you do that. Um, so that's, that's just stuff to keep in mind. And all of this, goes back to you have to have good data. You have to have timely, good data that's easily accessible from an accounting perspective. How you do that is you have a system or a process in place. And obviously that's what we do. Uh, we help businesses kind of build that process so they can use the data to run their business better, especially in more difficult times than good. It's, it, it's, it's even more of a calling, I think, for for people like us. Yeah. And even on, even on the KPIs or the business owner's goals or the business's goals, having someone to talk through that, such as an advisor, an accountant, a banker, um, a peer, having someone to hold you accountable to those goals that you've set, instead of just giving up or changing them every time you're not meeting them. Uh, that's really important and really helpful to help businesses get better and better. So that's, yeah, just another another area where having uh, a team approach, a, a partner that is looking at your accounting. And so we have used the word data a lot and, you know, some synonyms that go in there with that. So your bookkeeping, your uh, current financial statements. Um, so just thinking through it when we say data and accounting, that's what we're that's what we're talking about. Your income and expenses categorized and um, up to date. So, yeah, I think the the great thing, as we've kind of mentioned, like the clearing of the fields or it, it's natural. It, it's natural in the rhythm of the economy, the businesses, there's ups and downs. You know, we've lived through a few of these times personally in, in our lives already. And so I think it's just being prepared for this and going into it with as much intention as you possibly can to run the best business ever is even more so like you're going to run your business better in the economy. And then on the other side of that, like you're already going to be at a full sprint whenever people are, Oh yeah, the economy's good again. Let me go try to do this. Like, 
they're just going to be st getting started and you're going to be so far ahead um, and, and just have such a solid footing that your long-term stability, your long-term profitability and the value of your business is going to be so great or greater than it could have been if you would have just sat idle and not paid attention to the things that you should have been paying attention to. For sure. Well, this has been a great conversation and I know for sure that this will help, um, you know, listeners to go into whatever the next uh, cycle of economy looks like, just more hopeful and confident. Um, we want to make sure that business owners are never leading from a place of fear or hopelessness. And so I think this conversation will be very helpful for listeners. Yeah. Thanks for leading it. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.